And welcome back to the second season of the Talbot Sports Pod. Josh, how pompous do we sound doing the second season? But there we are. How are you feeling, Bat? I don't know. We think we are announcing we're doing a second series. <laughs> I'm not I'm not under sure how many people actually care we're doing a second series, to be honest. But oh. well, well, we had about seventeen hundred listens over the last last one, didn't we? We did. We did, surprisingly. I do feel sorry for all 1,700 listens that listen to to our dorsal tones ramble on. But, hey, here we are. It's what the people want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to think we're back now. We've had a couple of weeks off. Um, how's your weeks off been anyway, Josh? What have you been up to? In the nicest possible way. They've been fantastic. <laughs> no, we were... Uh... Well, to be fair, fun you all about there. We've you know we've kicked off the Batalda Ramblers, haven't we? Upper Ramblers. Shout out to Michael Samwell, the chairman of the Ramblers. Chairman of the Ramblers, Michael Samwell. Yeah, just been keeping busy, getting out for walks. Um, fueled by La Memo and Mehmet down there. Fueled yeah. boys. So shout out to them. Yeah, he had a cracking uh, raspberry ripple ice cream down there the other day. Oh, but, uh... Well, had one after I saw you. Yes. Sorry, yes. went in, got a raspberry ripple. How good. Yeah, very good. I think um, I think we're going to have to have a kangaroo court, though, Josh, because you and a, and a fellow rambler, Nathan, had a private ramble. So we did have a private ramble, mate. But you know, you're in front of the committee when we can uh, can get back live. Part of me was, you know, thinking of the lads, but because it was after Wales, England. But looking back, very selfish of myself not putting the group. Yeah, fair. So, but then, but then a week after, I seen the young Luke Gosby on a different ramble as well. So you know, it's it's. You know, these are tough times for the Ramblers. But, there's unrest uh, yeah. in the Ramblers. There's no, there is no rest. And, uh, there were, you know, there was talk of taking on Miles Marauders, but um, <laughs> I think well, we, need to, well, we need to get our own house in order before we start taking yeah. this on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm back in work, for second day back in work. Um, we're back up in Millfield, so there's been a lot of lateral flow tests going on and uh I've been working actually, funny enough, with um, the Ospreys Academy for the last couple of weeks as well. We have a friend of the pod, James Hook. Shout out and a massive thanks to him, Paul James, Andrew Bishop, and Gareth Walters are uh, involved in the academy at the set. I mean, it's been really, really, it's been great actually in terms of um, st- restoring some normality. So yeah, it was, that's that's been my uh, my three weeks off, Josh. Well, hopefully we're uh, we're seeing a bit of a return to normality now with a bit of sports starting up. Obviously, the football's back. Obviously, Premier Premiership, isn't it? Yeah. There was talk of the Championship going ahead as well, wasn't there? Yeah, there was talk. I think it got kibosh for a bit, but I know the women are back soon as well, so that'd be great. Yeah, to all them down and watch the all about stuff about training and stuff. So I think there's wheels in motion there. Yeah. Uh, I think the cricket is going ahead, according to Cricket Wheels at the moment. But to be, well, to be fair, then they've put a contingency roadmap in place, so. Yeah, I seen that. That's pretty good. We um we got some good news though, which we'll share later on and some uh prog- progress for uh the pod in terms of an evolution or something else and, and we got some announcements in terms of charity work and uh yeah, it'd be uh it'd be some good stuff looking forward to this pod. But Josh, like always, what's your beer of the week, mate? Josh, uh, I've been thinking all day for a for a good beer to kick things off and I I think this was a beer that I wanted to do in the first season. I don't think I got round to it, but if, if I did, apologies. But seems as we're, you know, the days are getting longer, Ford. The weather's getting a bit warmer. Summer's on the horizon. 
I thought uh, I thought I'd kick us off with a a tropical IPA today. Oh, a tropical IPA called Club Tropicana from the Tiny Rebel Brewery. Um, Welsh Brewery, basic Caffili, I believe. Nice part of the world, Caffili. I believe I might be wrong, but if that rings a bell, they're basic Caffili. But obviously, they have bars in Cardiff and Newport. Do a range of IPAs and and craft beers. So yeah, going for Club Tropicana, personal favourite, but absolute rocky fuel. Mm, we'll have to have a session on the Club Tropicana, Josh. Club Tropicana is not for the faint-hearted fella. Mm-hmm. I had a, a well, I had a a good or bad experience, whichever way you want to look at it, on the Club Tropicana in Cardiff after the Premier League uh, awards night. Ah, right. I think less said the better. Yeah, I enjoyed a few Club Tropicanas and then I think I signed majority of the Glamorgan side for the Pirates then, that night. So, yeah, interesting. But, uh, obviously, 5.5%. I think it goes up to 6 on pump. I'm sure it does on tap. Mm. But as I said, it's not for the faint-hearted. Tropical taste. It's got a, a mango pineapple nose and it's got a golden hazy colour to it. Oh. Um just go, obviously, club is the Welsh word for club. So, yeah. you know, God bless the Welsh language. Yeah. Uh, quick look at the brew sheet. The vol, yeah, 5.5% IPA, barley and wheat, Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic hop. Um, and it's, and it is vegan. Oh, and that's, that is a Brucey bonus. We don't just bring you information, we bring you. Uh, a drink for everyone these days. So, so, is there any vegans out there that we've we've isolated with beer of the week from the first season? We've got to cover this one. Club Tropicana, two pound thirty a can on their website. Bit, it's a bit steep. Um, and the only supermarket that I believe sell Club Tropicana is Sainsbury's. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's in Sainsbury's. Yeah. So that is the first beer of the week for se- for season two. Oh. <laughs> Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Season two. Get us on Netflix, baby. <laughs> PTS pod till I die. Come on. Yeah. Come on. There's some random on the goddess on our beach. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Ford fella. Cheers, Josh. Sorry, that is Josh, actually. Oh, mate, honestly, it'd have to go into my top three beers. Mm. So. As you said, next next time we do a face to face one, Ford, we'll get the club Tropicana's in. Lovely. And talking of beers, Josh, well, let's have a little bit of a uh, bleh, get my words out. Let's have a little bit of a review for season one. Um, bit kicked off, didn't it? Really, with a lot lot bigger than we thought it would be, and a lot more time uh, consuming than we thought it would be than what we started out with. But it was enjoyable, wasn't it? Well, we went from me and you sat in in your parents' bar outside, and then finished it off with a couple of Welsh internationals, didn't we? So yeah, yeah, and when and we we massively thank our guests who came on. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot to mention in a minute, but we will um, obviously we've sent the post up to thank them, and hopefully they can come on again, and we, we'll see where they are down the road on certain projects and and where they are in life. And, and congratulations to a friend of the pod, Richard Bird, on a fantastic 80 minutes of rugby Saturday night against Ospreys. Um, 
He's been an animal since the pod, fella. Hat- oh, he's been a, yeah, he's been off a hat trick, yeah, and then, and then Saturday night. And uh, congratulations goes to Christian Larry, who's now under twenty threes coach at Swansea. I think it was the influence of the pod, John. It is. That's all I'm looking at you for is the success stories. Yeah. My, James Huck is doing commentary. He's got his coffee out. Second book on the way. This is the statement on pod on the good things. All we need now is Wendy to be netball Welsh netball coach, and we're flying. That's the appointment we're all waiting for now. Wendy Blairin, actually Wendy Blairin, Celtic Dragons coach, because they're yeah. not having a great time with it at the minute. No, no, I watched one the other day. Um, I agree with you there, and I think yeah, they need some. They need Wendy now. And, they need uh, a campaign fella. Yeah, get Wendy to the Dragons. I love it. Blevin in. Blevin in. So we we've we have started uh, to try and be media moguls now, Josh, as well. And we were trying to get media accreditation for the football when it's if it's behind closed doors. Well, you know, well, you know, we Ford ever looking for an opportunity to sneak in for free. Uh, yeah. Very tight this so, one. Yeah, with the uh <laughs> with the old lockdown, <laughs> trying to see if we can sneak in under some <laughs> sort of Media pass. I, I'm not sure if that's going to go down well, to be honest. But yeah. hey, we'll see. Yeah, and we 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 hope uh, we hope we've we've spoken to um, a good friend of ours, Richard Blake, and we and hopefully we'll have uh, a different aspect of the pod coming in terms of um, some written uh, written stuff produced by the pod. Well, I'm catch up with Blakey tomorrow uh, after work. I was meant to do it last week, but work's been. A bit mental the last couple weeks, but yeah, catch up tomorrow. I know Blakey ex- expressed interest again back into his writing, didn't we? So, uh, didn't yeah. he? So, sort of just check my message, and yeah, hopefully we we might get some, you know, some good reports done on on some local games and stuff. And everyone at the who knows Blakey knows he's a top bloke. So, yeah, ex- exciting stuff with uh, with trying to broaden the horizons for the pod, mate. Season yeah, two. season two, and hope and and. Not to mention everything, everything the pod is involved is flying at the minute. Um, shiny vinyl promotions, very own Jackson Lucid, uh, releasing a single on April the 2nd. So, what's going on, yeah? Yeah, we are. We, we that's going to be a toast, toast to everyone who's successful, um, who's been involved with the pod as a massive toast. But, in all George, seriousness, though, I think you know, we talked about that, and all MP we mentioned, uh, a flying. A lot of hard work being done off their own back. You know, we're joking a bit about the pod air, but I think, you know, all of them, uh, everyone's doing so much good work off their own back. I think it's just brilliant to see people from the town succeeding. Um, I think it just drives on what we sort of took from the first season, wasn't it? We sort of start, started up to, I don't know, part, it's a bit partly selfish now, part four in terms of just trying to do something to kill a few hours during lockdown. Yeah. Um, but then obviously, it, it quickly showed how much is actually going on around here and what, how much talent we've got in the town across, you know, not just sport, a load of different things. So uh, it's great to see people doing well and long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's certainly, we've and we've certainly changed to raising the profile of, of the, the town and we'll go on to something in there and uh, maybe our aims in season two of raising the profile of, of certain things going on in the town. And one thing left... Um, I think I gotta drop it in because I'm involved in this and I know um it's very close close to me in terms of he was my team manager at Swansea. Um John Paul Bev and JP, his daughter, 
three of Bevan. Um, sadly, had a brain tumor, and and now is and she was in remission. She was doing really well, and now um, unfortunately, she came back. Um, they've had to go to America, um, and when they're on the plane, obviously the tumor um, worsened. So they're trying to uh, raise money now, and and I'm a part of the Swansea Rugby Club trying to cycle from Swansea, San Diego, which has been a bit of a trek so far. Um, but I know uh, Lewis Fellows um, involved with Margam Rangers as, um, is doing a, a uh, charity run um, from uh, Patolba train station to Cardiff. So um, it's about yeah, yeah. 31 miles, I think, which is a great, um, great effort. And I know that the town has been great to see everyone in the town and community rallying around. Um, trying to raise money for Freya and so if, if you um, want to get involved or if you want to donate towards the Freya Bevan Fund there's loads of links, we'll put a link out on this uh, on our pages um, along with a lot of other links which we're going to chat about now because there's so much good work going on in Batalbot at the minute um, but yeah I thought I'd mention that before I, I forget because JP is a top bloke and uh, they're a top family so uh, we're all thinking about JP Um and and we we're all behind you. So well said, Ford. Yeah. Um Josh, what's what's next? What are we going to store? That's the thing. And and we got um one big thing in terms of our own charity thing, which we're gonna start uh plugging in the next month or so. So Josh, what do you want to start explaining why we're doing it? Yeah, so I think yeah, talking about the our first season, obviously how could we forget the the Iron Brothers episode of the Christmas special? Oh Jesus. Still grand over, I think. Well, I'm still not right after it, I've got to be honest. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, if anybody who listened to that episode, obviously, you know, Jack and Ryan, um, you know, went into sort of what charity they, they want to do and, and reasons why they were doing, obviously, the Iron Man and stuff. And we sort of had to think to me about, we want to do some charity work. We were sort of struggling to, struggling to think of a charity to do. Um, and it just sort of made sense for us to, sort of talking about their project about getting a, a defibrillator every mile down the beachfront. Um, so, you know, you, I think you got in, in contact with them forward and, and asked them what they thought of us kicking things off and trying to get that first defib. So, yeah, our first charity event is going to be raising money for a defib for the first mile down the beachfront. We were umming and ahhing about a few different uh, activities to do forward. So, since you've knocked me off my feet with this suggestion about 10 minutes ago I'll let you uh I'll let you explain what we're doing because because this isn't big boy friendliest challenge no I well we were gonna do one of the we were set on for a couple of months we the free Welsh free peaks um in May um which um in in the current climate I think logistically could be a, a struggle so hopefully we will you do that for a different charity um but after another mention of uh, our Braven player, Steph Andrews, done the Goggins Challenge on, on the weekend to raise money for the Freya Bevan Fund. Um, it was running four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Um, and I think that's what we the challenge we're going to take on. Um, I, I tried to run around the training pitch today, Josh, and I'm going to take a bit of work to get back into shape. So we got a couple of months to do the train for the Goggins Challenge. And then... Um, I think we're good to go. But yeah, we'll start the fundraising soon. Um, obviously, Jack and Ryan have been really close friends of mine since uh, since we were kids. And um, obviously, their, their late father, Darren, um, 
passed away on the beach. So the, I, I'm really behind this this charity in terms of trying to get a defib, which uh, which which would be great if we could uh, all donate to. I know it's, it's it's a tough time and there's a lot of charities events going out there, but if we can get some money together, that'd be outstanding. So yeah, that's that's the challenge set, Josh. I'm trying to I'm trying to think how much it was because. Few of the boys in the cricket and one a couple of years ago, didn't they? For D Fib, was yeah. about fifteen hundred, I think, altogether. Yeah, yeah. So, so if we can yeah. even get, even if we can just take a dent out of that first one, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, but, but the aim is to get the first one paid for by this this challenge. It's just lucky I'm, you know, well known for my running and so. Oh, epic runner, Josh. Epic runner, and we mentioned a few projects, um, and we hope to get a couple of people coming on. I know um, Louis. Uh, Richard Lewis at Ty Bark got hold of me. Um, they're doing a forty-mile thing um, run, uh, which will take place in July um, to raise money for a charity, uh, which is very close to their hearts. Um, I know how much the boys have been training. I've seen a few clips, and I know how tough it's going to be. So, if uh, we will get. Um, uh, Louis and Aaron is a hike uh, starting at um, the rugby club and finishing at the rugby club so if you want to uh, get hold of that follow the at the underscore 40 underscore Myla on Instagram to give you the full details and it's going to the T Alwyn charity so Louis all the best for that hopefully get it on the pod in the next couple of weeks to chat about it Josh what about we've also spoke to Magam YC and we Magam Youth Club yeah, Mark New Centre got in contact with us. Um, so we're, we're going to do an episode with them to talk about their um, inclusion football project that they've got going down there. Um, so we get them on top of that. We, you know, there's a, there's a few I think they've knocked over from season one, wasn't there? So hoping to get something done with mind and travailing. Yeah. Um, in this one, I think I think for us, we there's a lot of these we want to try to do face to face, isn't there? So yeah, we were trying yeah. to put them off and. I don't know. We see how we, we see how things go now. There's another announcement Friday, and so we probably have a yeah. better idea of what we can do. But um, we got a, f- a few other guests, and we obviously obviously shout out to Whalen across in Australia. Yeah, and, uh, and um, ble- you know, to be fair, we bless him. He's always coming back to us. Uh, you know, sorry, I'm a bit swamped under. You know, he's just got that small side job with Australia rugby and the Waratahs, and he so yeah. Yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah. I mean, Craig, you could, you know, if you wanted to do it, you could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, Craig. Oh, uh, we got him on. I think you spoke to Tom Foley. Uh, yeah, spoke to Tom Foley, the ref, currently refing in the Gallagher Premiership in England. It's all the boy Glav and boy, which we can hopefully get on soon. Uh, another rising star in the English Premiership in terms of refing. Um, not to forget, Josh, we will be releasing the uh, the Panthers pod uh, in this uh, series after our technical glitch. The long-awaited Panthers pod. Yeah, we finally got it. Uh, we finally got uh, sort that glitch. We've left it for now uh, for the second season. So keep your eyes out for that. But yeah, it looks exciting, doesn't it, Josh? We know there's a lot to, to talk about. And um, hopefully one or two surprise guests on the way. Well, hopefully we're going to time this pretty well now. That we'll go into the summer and we can do a few face-to-face ones and share a few beers. But again, like we said in the, the last pod, and it's... it's it's great to see people have gone and done it. Is, is you know if you've got any projects going on or you want a bit a bit of exposure for your club or any activities or charity work that's going on, just drop us a message on yeah. or Twitter or email and 
you know, we'll do our best to get back to you as quick as we can. Obviously, it's in between sort of when, in between the, the jobs and stuff for us, isn't it? So, but we'll get yeah. back and, yeah, just try to get as many people on. But, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all positive, uh, as we said. Yeah. I don't know who we are doing the season two, but, you know, here we are. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. Um, so, obviously, what's, there's, there's a lot happened since, uh, since the last uh, uh, pod with Richard and Bird in our Six Nations special. And, and one of them is Wales are free from free and a triple crown with us. No one would have thought that uh, before, be, at the end of the season one. I think, uh, and including myself here, Ford, I think there's plenty of humble pie being uh, eaten across Wales at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't quite pivac out, but it wasn't far away. But uh, no, I three from three. Look, I don't really care about people talking about the sendings off and and all that. If you, someone offered three from three, take three from three, didn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the grand slams on, baby. Oh, grand slam is on, baby. But no, when I was lucky, Luke Smithy sat there. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, I think I, I think you would be um, pretty uh, mental to think that, yeah, yeah, we would be free from free, especially from the form um, in autumn. I know, obviously, Wales are, are almost um, set in their team now, and, and but I think uh, if we had a chance of a Grand Slam going into the last two games, with Italy being involved in that, you would have you definitely would have taken that. Um, I'd just say, obviously, the, the sending-offs have a big part of the game, but the tries we score well worked, and, and I think the tries we did score in our first two games were really well worked, and if the t- uh, 14 men or not, they, they would. I think we would have scored them. Uh, the England game men, obviously, uh, working in an English school is fantastic when, you, when Wales win. Oh, oh, I sent an all-staff email uh, out on St David's Day with a photo of uh, ex-Millfield pupil uh, Callum Sheedy kicking the ball um, with a nice St David's Day message uh, and the scoreline involved in it as well, so that was lovely um, but the big thing is that put the uh, decisions aside England got themselves back in the game and Wales looked a much more composed side so you can't argue with the fact that um, the referee decisions you've got to look at yourself as well and I think England um, are a team of really press self destruct that day, but oh, happy days, happy it's days. Bit, it's an interesting one, though, because at the minute, refereeing and umpiring, and to be honest, it would be interesting to get Tom on as soon as possible because I think with the referees and umpires, it's, there's a lot of scrutiny going on at the minute. Like football, you've seen it all the time in VAR now, with the rugby. You know, rightly or wrongly, people's got an opinion, but every decision is going upstairs now. Yeah, you know, across all the sports, but I think I don't know. We can sound we can sound biased because they went for Wales, but I think that first the first uh, Wales try, I just think England switched off. To be honest, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure we needed all the water boys to come on. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a water break. It's, it's it was just it's a ten second thing. You know, I suppose you'd be disappointed if it was against you, wouldn't you? But oh yeah. Absolutely, and then I mean the knock-on thing is perception of the ref, isn't it? and then it goes yeah. upstairs, still comes back to try. So yeah. I think you take it, but it's one of those games. Up, obviously, bonus point um, against England. 
But the scoreline was one of those. I sat there after the game. I couldn't really remember the 40 points. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like... Uh, didn't feel like you watched an absolute route. Yeah. I but, think... Uh, how good would it have been in our weather to be sitting watching in the bar with the boys? Or Well, we went for a ramble in the morning. We said yeah. the weather was set for a, an all-day in Cardiff and the result followed. Yeah. But, um, oh, I don't know, England self-destructed a bit with the penalties they give away. Yeah, is if you know, I can know people who know a lot more about rugby than myself, but you can't be playing boys not playing rugby in a Six Nations tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I Doesn't matter who they are. I think a few played themselves out of the Lions. Oh yeah, and I think with, with Gatlin uh, stood there massively. Um, there's massive. There's a few, um, but it takes us on nicely, Josh. Uh, uh, that game and to- of what we're going to talk about in. We have we've covered it a little bit, but not as a main cover. Social media and sport. Um, obviously, uh, Pascal Cabezi got got a lot of abuse after that game, and um, I know Ellis Genge, who's actually uh, a partner to um, Talbot Talbot girl Meg Powell. I know he got uh, a lot of abuse and death threats after the game as well, which is is totally out of order. But social media and sport. Uh, what's your thoughts on it, Josh? Oh, I, I mean, that's, that's my feedback on it. It's just a, a noise in it. I think, I don't know, you've got to break it down into, you know, what it does for for sport, really. I think from a, a grassroots level, it's an invaluable tool, I think, now. Um, you know, I think all clubs, whatever sport it is, it's a good platform to get. Uh, information out to as many people as you can. Um, you know, we've seen it. Four bloody hell, every club in South Wales has got a a Twitter account and provides a lot of information. I think it's good exposure for clubs, encourages people to play. I think from from that standpoint, I think Twitter's amazing. Um, you know, it's, you know, you see on there people getting in contact with old clubs, old teammates, projects being launched. But I think, you know, with everything else, for all the positive that goes on with it, you see the ugly side of it then with, especially the more professional the game goes, it does it does give everyone an opinion or a platform to express their opinion. Yeah. Um, something needs to be done in terms of identifying who's on Twitter, I think. Obviously, the big shout from the uh, professional clubs and things is everyone should be verified on there. You should provide a passport number or... Or something. I don't understand why that's an issue. Yeah, like um, you know, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I've never sent like a a, a tweet to someone on yeah. Twitter because I have. But but some of the ones you see, like death threats and and all that stuff, it's it's way over the top. And I think you know it. It's, it's easy for us to sit in our living rooms or down the pub and watch a Wales game. And seeing these players as being, you know, sort of um, the ultimate aim for a lot of people to become and aspirations. But at the end of the day, they are human beings as well. You know, yeah. And I- they all finish and they all go home and they've got to go, you know, and do what everyone else does in terms of family stuff. And they got their own personal stuff going on. I think the last thing they need is, you know, Joe Blog sat in his bedroom having a boost. I think. I can't. I can't remember what interview or what documentary it was from, but there's a player just saying, you know, 
I don't go out there to play badly. I think it might have been Ellis I'm not sure. But, um, you know, so they, you know, they don't go out there to play badly. So if they come off and have a bad game, they don't need some random telling them how badly they've played. Like, Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that, I think. Um, everyone's, you're allowed to have an opinion, but I think when it becomes abuse and um, you start acting um, into it, that, that's not on and... I think, especially with last night's um, taking it out to sport, last night's uh, thunderous interview, which will be a, mo- a moment in history with with the including in involving the royal family. You just look at social media today, and it is absolutely wild. Just to see the amount of abuse from both sides, like your boost for Harry and Meghan, your boost for the royal family, um, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it gives people a voice. Um, for good as well. It gives people a voice for good and giving their feedback. But all I'm seeing at the minute is just negative um, abuse. Um, every week there's a racist accusation in football, especially. Um, I just think uh, it's it's an absolute joke at the minute. And I think this is this is something I frustrate about in terms of my own sport in rugby that we 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 put ourselves up there and everyone's like, we put us up rugby values are far from ever our respect and oh, the rugby fans are totally different and and eyes. Oh, but we're not. We're not. Um you've just got to go to an international day, Josh. Ninety five. But it's the same with any sport. Ninety five, ninety seven percent of people are great. You've got three percent of people who go into the stadium and then they're scrapping with each other and I just why? Why more importantly being as tight as as me and you, Josh, is why you pay a ninety quid a ticket and then have a scrap and get chucked out after fifty minutes. You can do that anywhere, can you? I mean, yeah. I, was, you know, I was about to say, you know, we've had a we've had a few run-ins with Twitter on a club phone, haven't we? After oh. after some big wins and beers, which you know, yeah. you know, looking back, it's yeah. you know, probably not it's not ideal and stuff. But yeah, um, I I think the line you're going down there is there's a line in terms of you know, some banter back and forth or saying something tongue-in-cheek about something. Um, but I think when it goes down the line of of death threats or racism or being homophobic on there, mm. I think Twitter have got to take a big part of responsibility for it in terms of still allowing that to happen. Yeah. Um, but you think as well, if you want to say something about the game, just don't tag anyone in it. Yeah, just just give your opinion on the game. Everyone gives opinions. It's not, we give opinions. I put my opinion on Twitter and Twitter. Yeah. But you know, but this I know. But I think for all the negative stuff on social media, I think try to keep it positive on you. I think it's been such a valuable tool, like Twitter, oh, Facebook, yeah. or Instagram, whatever you know, whatever you use it. Yeah. In terms of growing, growing the club and growing their brands, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. Prop. You, I think you see people who've been involved in sports clubs are a lot better. And I, and this could be totally different. This is just my opinion. But I think people who've been involved in sport are a little bit more self-aware of stuff and um, will we'll use it for... Obviously, we get carried away sometimes, but use it for good as well. And I know it's certainly helped our podcast a lot. It's certainly helped our podcast a hell of a lot in terms of people getting in. in Involve us and us reaching out to people in terms of advertising our pod and and seeing good things there and, and that's what I I want us to do in terms of 
get involved with people on Twitter and, and Instagram. And that's it. And I really hope that it does have a positive influence on us, um, certainly. But hopefully, this needs, this should be something done. Um, and what I think, at the minute, especially in lockdown, it's, you're looking at your screen all the time, and so this is the biggest chance. Hopefully, it'll start to die down a little bit more when um, when we get back to normality. But at the minute, it's, it's there's far, far, far too much, and. Uh, and it needs to be stopped. The social media, Josh. Any run-ins on social media? Any funny moments on social media? Um, I think I got blocked by David Hay. I think. But, I, but to be fair, I, I didn't abuse him. I just said I thought he was like you know, robbing the public with them two comeback, you know, them two comeback fights he had on Dave. Remember them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely awful fights. But uh, no, I haven't had, uh, I haven't had any run-ins. Usually. Tweet a load of shit, to be honest. Mm. Talking of uh, talking of social media, Josh, you've become a bit of a, a friend of uh, another pod, didn't you? And uh, well, we listen to the socially distant sports bar. Um, oh, that's him, him and, him and Josh and Mike Bubbins are best mates at the minute. What a pod! Yes, yeah, so Mike pod. Bubbins, right? Stand up in Cardiff Glee Club a couple of years ago, and he was ridiculous. He was ridiculously good. As soon as he announces a tour. Definitely go in, but uh, but no, I think on that point, right? It is a platform where people can interact with professionals or you know, comedians or actors, like whatever it is. I think Hibbard said, didn't he? I think when he was on you, he said a positive about it is it gives everyone a platform to interact, yeah. Um, where it sort of breaks that barrier down of oh, professional, you know, untouchable sports uh, men and women or untouchable. Um, you know, celebrities or whatever, and it does give that um, that platform to communicate with them. But then, as you said, it's a double-edged sword then, because you get the worst side of it, which it allows people to directly abuse someone. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I, 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 I think it's brilliant, but uh, unfortunately, some people take the piss with it. How, uh, have you had any run-ins on Twitter, Ford? <laughs> No comment. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple of run-ins. Let's, let's just put it that way. In, uh, in my younger years, a uh, certain cricket club uh, in Batal would have blocked me, actually, um, and still blocked to this day. Um, so, yeah. It's lucky they don't have the grudge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've been blocked by Robert Croft after being down the club with the boys and, and being um, persuaded to tweet them something via the boys. Um, Barney was it? Barney Plus. Yeah, yeah, it was Barney actually. Yeah, yeah. So Barney, if Barney or Robert Croft who was listening, it's, I'm, I'm just the the devil's advocate there and, and the pawn in the middle. Um, you, on on the back of that though, do you reckon? Obviously, the chat is to get everything verified and things. But do you think there'll be a point where there'll be like social media training programs rolled out? Yeah, there's got to be because got- like the amount. The amount of use they get now, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, by clubs, right? And, you know, you, you got to remember, the clubs around you are run by volunteers at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and now it's, like, running a social media account now is a lot more work than, it, you know, it is to the naked eye, I suppose. Yeah. And I think if someone takes that on, I wonder if governing bodies or 
Twitter now in a way to tackle the use of, of Twitter and stuff will start rolling out social media training. Yeah, they got to absolutely. I think it's a full time job in the professional area, and then I think I've I've run a Twitter account for for uh, I run it for the stars for a bit, and it, it you're tough because you've got to you've got to be kind of neutral on times in terms of your opinions. Um, obviously, tweet about it, but and and it'd be a useful travel training for people like that. And I think what it also does social media is it's got a it's got such a positive effect on, on people's mental health, but also a negative. So if we can get training on people, social media training on people's mental health, it would be so good And how we can reach out. I know we, we mentioned it in the pod, in one of our earlier pods, Josh, about how important mental health is. And I know a couple of local pods have mentioned it lately. Um, but, you know, we can... It's such a big tool, and social media could be such used such uh, in a positive way if you can get training and promote mental health and and promote the good things. They're always going to be bad. That's the way of the world. It's never going to have world peace. Um, you've got to be an absolute uh, loony tune to think we're going to have complete world peace. Um, there's always going to be bad in the world. Um, but if we can just try and shrink it a little bit in terms of training and stuff like that and but one thing we got to do, I think this is, and it's come up massively today again, and, and yes, Steve, one thing we have to do is, there's a lot of words chucked out in terms of social media, and people go on social media and they, they'll bag and they'll say, oh, we have to be kind, we got to do this, we got to do it. You have to back words up. Um, I think uh, Piers Morgan, for example, um, ITV have been running a massive social media campaign um, about being kind and mental health and speak up and, and all this. And then the blow comes on to the, the mainstream program in the mornings when probably most people are watching during daytime TV because that's your morning thing. And he's, critic- he's questioning someone's um, suicidal thoughts. Now, the power of that, Aaron, someone goes on the social media, tweets about it, and then it just enlarges and enlarges and enlarges. And what I'm reverting back into sport, um, that could be someone making an opinion in, on a sporting game. Then everyone jumps on the bandwagon. But then something drastic will happen. And then it'll all be be kind, be kind, be kind, be kind, be kind on social media just to, to look and give yourself, which everyone is now, is a, a good product. And then two weeks down the line, you're, you're back to square one. I saw, you saw it last week. If you've got it in a small point of view, with Sonia McLaughlin, wasn't it? Yeah, now, absolutely. I don't get me wrong. I, I I was in the camp of I I, I thought the way the way she asked the questions. Yeah, yeah. I didn't particularly yeah. think the questioning was that bad. I thought they were probably fair questions in terms of the outcome of the game with the decisions. But I think it was probably the delivery. And I'm no expert on journalism, no expert on interviewing people, so. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't criticise and say, oh, she definitely got it wrong. But, like, personal opinion was just possibly the delivery of it. Um, but then the fallout of that then after is is you just got people who, you know, just sending a, a load of abuse. And you're thinking, part of me thinks, like, why would you go to the effort of sat in front of the TV and thinking in your head, oh, I don't agree with, I don't agree with the way she asked that question, so I'm just going to go tell her to kill herself. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. What's the point? Where I think I think the biggest thing with it is there's no there's no accountability on social media. 
that yeah that's the word that's the massive word accountability is it's a the bad side of it is they're platforms where you can go on and pretty pretty much say anything because you can hide behind a no photo or you can hide behind a username that doesn't make you know doesn't make any sense yeah you can get it and there's there's no there's no accountability for it if they, if they honestly just put verified accounts on Twitter, it's, it would stop. It wouldn't stop completely. Don't be wrong, but people won't be brave enough then to go on there with you know Josh Tobin as the handle and me send a load of abuse to someone, whether it be you know racist or homophobic or death threat, whatever. Yeah, people are not going to do it. Um, I just I don't know. Someone may be able to tell us why um, it's not yeah. as easy just to verify all accounts on, on Twitter, but it'd be interesting to know why the social media platforms don't are not well not doing anything about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Josh, I think that's enough serious chat. Um brighten things up, should we? <laughs> we're we're going through rabbit dolls that, that we probably are not professional enough to talk to. But yeah, um social media. It's great. We've in, we've thoroughly enjoyed our engagement in it, but obviously there's a lot that needs to, to change about it. Um, Josh, do you want to explain our new feature? What we brought in for season two, baby. Season two, baby. Here we are. No, I think I think it's a bit of an idea we've sort of taken from another pod. You know, a, an actually good pod that a lot of people yes. listen to. But um, yeah, I, I think the good, the band, the rugby started doing stuff like this, and they started picking like certain 15s or 11s based on a certain topic. Um, and a few of the boys thought our heads had gone in lockdown because we've suggested doing this. But in all honesty, I think I've had a, quite a good laugh uh, doing this this week. So I think what we're going to do is each week, me and Ford, there's going to be a topic chosen and me and Ford are going to have to pick a side based on the topic. And then we put it out on social media and put it to a vote then of... Of who who would win in uh, you know between them and I think a really good place to start forward for us was a Disney Pixar theme this week, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I know. Being the, uh... el- being the elder statesman of the pod, I've taken the Disney only eleven, and Ford, being the young spring chicken that he is, has taken has taken the Pixar uh, fifteen. Um, you know, this is a bit like you know the the Sky Generation. And, Oh, there were Disney films before Pixar, fella. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the, the boys couldn't believe what they were listening to whilst we were on the Rumble when we were discussing our, our 15s. And I'm telling you now, these selections have been harder than Warren Gatlin's selections. Yes, I agree. Because, I agree. you know, I mean, talk about going down rabbit holes, Ford. This is a rabbit hole that I was down for a very, very long time. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. To be perfectly honest with you. And all I gotta say is, Josh, lucky we didn't do this for episode one, season one, because we wouldn't have had any listeners after this. I mean, I think we are we are more than aware that this could end the pod. <laughs> In all honesty, this could completely just end it. Just put a line under it and forget about it. Yeah, I agree. But, um I mean I don't know. Do you want to go first, Ford, or do you want me to kick things off? Um, you kick things off, Josh. All right, mate. Do you want to go? Do you want to go front row at a time, or do you want to just raffle out your fifteen? I reckon we rattle out our teams. Yeah. And then maybe we'll. Uh, 
I, I, I don't even know what we're going to do after we name him, but we'll lose him in. Do you want me to go first then? I'll go, go on then. Right. And let me know what style of rugby you're looking to play for. Okay, I'll tell you at the end once we've seen the side. So, Al said, a youngster, really, Al said, Russell from Up, uh, the short, fat kid, really. Um, looks a bit like uh, Michael Samuel, also known as Tonka to us. Uh, this is cracking to go on after all our social media boosting, but yeah, Tonka, also known as Russell, and the up is one. Uh, a two, Mike Bozalski, uh, short, um, he can get in there, hook the ball. He got quite long levers, so he can get at that. I'm guessing he'd be good at throwing. I don't know, he's a fucking monster. Um, a tight dead, I've got Vaham uh, out of Toy Story. Um, strong back. A um, couple of pounds in him, obviously. We <laughs> get it because he's a piggy bank. Um, and I think he's strong, that tight dead. He'll re up our scrum. Second row is now Sully from uh, from Monsters Inc. He's there for his scrummaging. He's not, and his, and his rucking uh, and his carrying ability, really. I don't think you're going to throw him up in the light now. He's got a good, and, uh, he'll have a good understanding with Mike, will he? Yeah, him and, yeah, him and Mike. Uh, are just, now that's that's good connections. Number five, Mater, or Mater of um of cars. Um, he can he's got his like hooks, so if he can wrap his hook up in the line out and steal some ball, that would help us. So he's at number five, back row of a bit of blend of experience and uh, and um, youth and a bit of bulk. Yeah. So number six is Hopper of Bugs Life. Um, nasty bastard, basically. And just a gnarly six who would go in there be a nuisance and no one really likes him. So, um, yeah, he's my six. Uh, seven is Slinky. He's got a bit of good body weight. He could get over that wreck to win the ball. Um, yeah, he always pulls the boys up to the shit on Toy Story. So I thought if Slinky can be a seven, he'd get the boys in the ruck and slow it down. Number eight is Mr. Incredible. I think it just he just self-explanatory. He's big. He's quick off the back of the scrum. He'll add that weight and... Uh, He'll, he'll get us on the front foot, yeah. So that's my pack. I tell um, you what, shall I read off my pack? Yeah, read off your pack, Josh. And I, will... I tell you what, but there's going to be a battle in the, in the breakdown. <laughs> tell you that for free enough. <laughs> uh, so, right, my pack. And so we, i got to be honest with you, my pack's are getting heavy. <laughs> so I've gone in the front row, tight dead. I've gone King Louis. I don't, I don't think you're moving him. Him and Ham might be a tough old battle. I think Ham, I think Ham's got a little bit of a pee heart in him, so he, I think he'd buckle under the pressure. So yeah. Uh, I hooker. Uh, I've gone for Quasimodo. <laughs> Just an ugly, horrible-looking bastard. Yeah. Um, and then three have gone for the genie from Aladdin. Hmm, that's an interesting choice, actually. Well, I want I wanted a bit of flair in her, like a Kyle Sinclair. I wanted a bit of a Kyle Sinclair. I wanted someone mobile, get around the pitch more. Because let's be honest with you, King Louis ain't moving. <laughs> King Louis is just going from scrum to scrum, and us, I, you know, I don't really want him doing anything else during the game. That's Strong. what he's there for. Um, right. I've gone for the two bears in the second row. I've gone for Baloo the bear. And Little John from Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, strong. 
Um, oh. And th- uh, this is where the battle is going to be, mate, in the back row. So you've put Hopper a six. You know, you said horrible bastard. Yeah. I needed someone who was going to put his head anywhere, a bit sly, a bit, a bit of a twat, horrible bastard again. I've gone with Scar. That just shows it a lot about the six, doesn't it? Like a lot of, a lot of the fact that I play sixes, that just shows a little bit something for you lot. You're just nope. horrible bastards. <laughs> An open side, I needed someone with a bit of pace, skill, and a good head on his shoulders, some good rugby knowledge in our pack. So I've gone Bagheera. From what? Bagheera from uh, Jungle Book, fella. Oh, oh, oh. I had a bit of a brain fart then. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, strong. And then I think with you, mate, as you said, your number eight picked itself. I don't think you can look past Beast from Booting the Beast to be my eight. Oh, yeah. You've got a big head as well, and he Big head. Yeah. As you can tell, my team style is based on basically the breakdown and big ball carriers. Yeah. So that is my pack. Do you want to reel off your, uh, your back line? Yeah, I've gone for a half-back pass. You've got a flick off Bugs Life. I think he's sn- sharp. Um, he saves the day at the end of it, so he, I think he's a solid thing in nine. Ten, my favourite ever character, Woody. I think he's really calm under pressure. when there's Steady a head, that is. Yeah, when he's high under pressure, he's the calm one of the lot, and, and he's the one who runs the meetings at the start of the film. So, um, yeah, I think he's the general. Um, my centres is... A 10 12 combination of they go together like uh, bread and butter, buzz like your strong chin, bit like Jamie Roberts, basically. Um, and and basically, he can fly as well if he needs to fly. So, you know, buzz. Um, his partner is Elastigirl from Incredibles. I think she can, like, if she's if someone's getting on the outside, she can stretch her arm out to make a tackle or, or the ball, like, you know. So, I think Elastigirl of 13. Um, my two wings, obviously Lightning McQueen, because he has speed. Um, he just says himself. And Frozone from Incredibles. You know, I think he's got a bit of, you know, he's not the quickest, but, you know, he's he's there. He can, he, he's good in conditions underfoot because obviously he likes his ice. So any condition underfoot, he's good and he can get make a good break. And then I've gone for an all-out attack, uh, a fullback. I've got Dash from Incredibles. Got a lot of speed on me, Air Ford. I'm not a lie. Mm, I'm, a bit yeah. worried about, I'm a bit worried about the speed you've brought to the table there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've got my back line. I've got a bench as well. But I'll, I'll go through my back line. So at nine, I've got Peter Pan. Oh, strong. I've chucked him in there. There might be an argument that he's a bit inexperienced, but immature to be starting at nine. But I just need that. I need the spark. I've got such a big pack that I'm going to need that spark. Outside him, I think you've gone for a steady head in, in Woody. I've gone, I've gone for experience as well. But I've had to pick someone who's got a little bit of magic food, capable of it. So I've gone with Merlin. Pulling the stone. He'll just be pulling the strings all day, will. Whatever yeah. he's pulling the strings. I've gone for a massive midfield. Where I said that you've got a bit of a pace on me. I think these two are going to just run all through all day. I've got at 12, going down the, the Jamie Roberts theme of a massive chin. I've gone with Cronk from Emperor's New Groove. 
Yeah, he's big yeah. head, big upper body. Yeah, and then and outside him, another man mountain. I've got Hercules of thirteen. That's a big busky. Him and Elastigirl up your tassel now. And then I was thinking to myself, Ford, I couldn't do a Disney 15 without having any originals in her. So on my wings, I've gone Mickey Mouse <laughs> and Pluto. Yeah, strong. Again, you've got the speed on the air, but you, you, I couldn't pick a Disney team without any originals in. And then a 15. He's, uh, he's a bit of eye candy for the females years, a 15. I'm thinking someone in the Percy Montgomery mould. Oh, what a player. I've gone Tarzan. Yeah, yeah he's big, bulky, oh. Well, I told you that's why I'm playing attritional, boring, strong ball carrying rugby foot. I'm going Jouet. I want us to get a whip from the ball. Um, my coach would be Carl Fredrickson as well, the one off up as well, old Ed. Been around the block a bit. Um, can, i got a pretty young side, so I think he can look after the young side. And my captain would probably be, um, he'd have to be Woody as well, because he's just, he's, he's calm under pressure. That goes without saying, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I, I, man, I managed to get a bench going, because there was, there was a few a few players that I just I couldn't really get in. But I think my bench could could play a part for it, so I'm saying. Replacement hooker, I've gone for Doc. I couldn't have any of the Dwarfs not in the team. Uh-huh. So I've got Doc from the Snow, from Snow White, the Seven Dwarfs in that. Replacement prop, Pumba. Oh, strong. Uh, I, I, well, I got, the, I got two bears a second row, so I had to have a second row on the bench to, to relieve one of them. So I've, got, I've gone for more height to come off the bench in Jafar. Um, replacement back row. King Trident from from the Little Mermaids. Yeah, big. And then I've got four four backs on a bench then. So I've gone from a four four split. But these backs could they're utility all the way through. So I got Gaston coming on if if the game's getting ugly. And then I couldn't look past having Simba and Mufasa on a bench, could I? Yeah. I think my uh, Mufasa is the boy coming on after sixty minutes to try to control a game. Yeah. And then uh, a not horrible piece of work, Shia Khan. Oh. Team, uh, I think you'll enjoy this, Ford. Team team manager or team coach. I needed someone who's, you know, who's going to fire him up, a bit of motivation, words of wisdom. I've gone for Rafiki. Oh. <laughs> Rafiki is my team manager there, Ford. Um, captain, uh, captain, you can't look past Bagheera. No, true, good shout. Wisdom, yeah. Full of wisdom, calm yeah. as. Yeah. Being round the block. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, that is my fifteen. Strong. Um, and if you are, if you're still listening to the pod, that's <laughs> amazing. Um, we'll pick maybe pick a, a, an eleven next week, Josh. A footballers eleven or a cricket team eleven or or maybe a netball team. I think yeah, we could do. If it's if you've not if you've not completely written this pod off, yeah, what we'll a start. Up. We're back. Tell you what, we put it out to uh, we think of a couple of themes forward. We put it out to a vote this week now and then. Yeah. We'll, uh, 
we'll pick so yeah we'll do a tell you what we'll do a football 11 next week um i'm thinking going down the route of like a marvel and a dc yeah or um what other themes can we think of here? Stenders versus Coronation oh. Street. <laughs> I'm not even putting that to a vote. <laughs> Stenders versus Coronation Street 11s for the next episode. Phil Mitchell is my defensive midfielder, just gnarly. Are you take any Stenders, you fella? Yeah, I like I I know Stenders a bit more, but it's up to you, Josh. Right, no, I'll, I'll I'll take Corey, fella. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, uh, if you're still here, um, you've been listening to the Talbot Town Sports Podcast um, with me, Ford Cooksley and Josh Tobins, partners of Shiny Vinyl. Um, going into our last part, Josh, we haven't had a sporting memory for a while, have we? So um, what's your sporting memory this week? I'm just trying to have a think now. Have you got one in mind? Um, yeah, I've got, got one or two. Um, I've got... I've, Got. I'm trying to think. It was in the top of my head just now, but it's gone. It's gone. Club's gone. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna go with um a cricket one actually. I was thinking about it earlier whilst I was talking to your brother Sam. Um. Uh, whilst I was captain of the seconds, uh, just context around the year, we we uh, lost a few players in terms of like uh, there was a. a a transition in the club, uh, a very well overused word these days, transition. But yeah, we were, we didn't know where we were going to be in the winter. And uh, basically, I weren't good enough to be in the second. So Jonah said, well, you're always going to be in the second. Uh, good enough to be in the first. So Jonah said, you're always going to be in the second. We'll look like the captain. I said, yeah, I'll captain till April until you can get someone decent who'll be captain. But anyway, don't mind me. First weekend of May, I was captain of the second. And Josh was, funnily enough, captain of the first. And, our first game of the season against Mumbles we were pretty much our tribals at the time. We were both top of the league and, and the first game we, we got battered by like 200-odd runs. Um, they weren't a great start. Uh, pretty sober in afternoon. Um, I got a lot of abuse for, from my boys, like classic. But uh, come come July, um, the turn of the fixture, uh, we played Mumbles home Um we had a decent-ish side out, but like the seconds do, sometimes you, you, you have a few players drop out and there was one or two I thought we could have struggled with. Um, we end up scoring 164. Um, uh, yours truly got 27. And where the 27 come from? Because if anyone watched me bat, you wouldn't believe I got 27, but I did just get us to the end. And and then we were, we were getting absolutely smashed. They were like 80 for naught whacking it. Um, I, I thought it'd be good for the captain to open the bowl in and try and get a wicket early in the second ball of the game. I got slog swept for six. So I come off after two overs. Um, but but there was a nice little spell and Sean Edwards took four wickets in, in this terms of in two overs. We got him to like 105 and we started believing. Then it was 120 for six, 120 for seven. Um there was some good youngsters out there. Ryan Flynn bowled really well. Luke Reese bowled really well. Uh, Sean Edwards, like I've said, bowled really well. Um, and we got a wicket then right to the end um, to win by like something like five runs. And and it was just a great moment as a captain. And I've, I've said I've had a lot of good rugby moments, a lot of good football moments. But I think that is definitely in my top five sporting moments of all time. Just the... Um, 
turn around from from the start. Um, to some of you, classic like like this pod is to some of you who could probably give a fuck about it, but I think in terms of the club and the boys who were playing, it was pretty special that day. And uh, I tell you what, I had a good few uh, the few swigs on night, and it was a great, it was just great to play with mates as well and win and dig in and and I think. Um, I'll keep my opinions to myself on you in terms of other things, but I think uh, we got to keep we got to keep all of them days in the club, and um, I think these day of the days will make the club so special, and and what it makes our friendship group so special. So yeah, that's my memory of Dave Talbot versus Mumbles, uh, second captain. Do you know what my sporting memory, mate? I'm not even going to go local. I'm just going to go because I'm really sad at the minute about it. Just like to remember Liverpool are scoring and winning at home, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I know there's a lot of Liverpool fans who watch this as well. Oh my god! Just the goal would be nice, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's mental to think it. We could do some. We maybe get a sports psychologist on you, Josh. Should we one day and see what they're on about? Well, it'd be. It w- in all seriousness, it would be good to dive into that because I would love to know what's going on in our change room. Yeah, absolutely. What's been said, eh? But, absolutely. Uh, no, as we've said before, Ford, and we have a discussion today about Twitter, there's a lot of experts on Twitter. Yes. From all clubs. Yes. Um, but, yeah. I think at this point, mate, if you if you don't laugh, you're going to cry, aren't you? So absolutely, Josh. And the good thing for Liverpool, mate, this is not as if they've played all the shit teams in the league, is it? Oh, hang on, <laughs> they have. They've all turned us over. Liverpool are playing the role of Robin Hood at the minute. Take it <laughs> for the rich and giving to the poor fella. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of them years, mate. It's one of them years. So what's your, what's your sporting memory, Josh? That bit. The last time Liverpool won at Anfield. I thought it was going to be a specific game, but no, happy days. Um, Josh, obviously it's great to get uh, get back chatting. I know we, we've obviously seen each other over the, the three weeks we were off or four weeks or whatever, but it's always nice to come on and just have a different chat and I'm, I'm hoping now by the time I come home in a week's time um, I'll be able to come and see you and we can have a if it's not the guest at least we can we can chat and have a beer together and, and, and record the pod and here's the fingers crossed by um, by the summer we'll be having some live pods and, and it's really um, exciting uh, to see how many projects are going on and if we can get all the projects on and get them chatting um, that's what the pod's about obviously we got it's great to see um some big guests on here and, and we're really appreciative of all the big guests coming on, especially taking up their time because they're, they're very busy. But we're also here to promote and um, projects and promote local people just like uh, Josh and I. So it's, uh, yeah, anything, just please get all of us on uh, our Twitter or Instagram handles of at pttspod or our Gmail account, which is pttspod at gmail.com. Um, it's been great. We've thanked our partners again, Shiny Vinyl, um, and keep an eye out for Jackson Lucid of Shiny Vinyl and his record coming out the 2nd of April. Um, keep an eye out on Twitter and Instagram for news from us, but if it can't be good, Josh? Don't be bad, baby.
over and out. Till all. See you next week. Ta-da.